it's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talkin' Ag Lane Nordland for today's LaneCast. Welcome back to more agriculture conversations here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. We have a lot of drama continuing to play out in the Black Sea region between Ukraine and Russia. And it's impacting the grain markets, but also other global markets. It's an issue that many producers across the United States have been watching closely for months. And it just continues to uh, make way and waves out in the countryside and, of course, over in Europe and Asia. And uh, discussing a little more about uh, this important topic that's impacting our global commodity markets, we're joined by Dr. Tim Fitzgerald today. He is a professor of business economics at Texas Tech. Uh, uh, Tim, how are things going here today uh, for you uh, before we jump into this Russia discussion? Uh, how, how was your fall or sorry i guess we're not quite into fall but how's your summer wrapping up here in 2022 well uh i've had a, a, a pretty decent summer i would like to see it rain a little bit more um you know the west texas region had this terrible drought going but we were actually lucky to get some really nice rain here in august so i mean i always start off with the weather i'm i'm a little bit unusual as an economist that way <laughs> Well, we always talk about weather here on our agriculture conversations and man, the smoke, you know, we're in north central Montana on the north side of the belts and uh, oh my God, it it is just so smoky out there today. And I I had a little bit of a moment. I was outside on the phone and I saw just what I thought was smoke. And I'm like, well, either the neighbor's hillside is on fire or there's semis. We we don't get a lot of semis coming down our road Uh, or there's semis coming from the neighbor's loaded with hay and there was like two or three of them in line and i don't know how the the second two semis could even see but i i thought we were going to get burnt out here today but the smoke is just rolling in today and I, I just our cooler temperatures in montana are definitely coming but we need those cooler temperatures today and we need some rain along with them as well because this drought across the west i mean we, we look at the cattle production and, and the crop production especially in texas on that on that wheat into things it has not been a great year for for producers in your region that's that's definitely true and you know then you kind of lay that on top of a, of a global tapestry of kind of uh variable weather and markets all around the world um it, it makes for more difficult decision-making for producers. No, it definitely does. And, and, and Dr. Fitzgerald, for, for your part, um, let's share a little bit about your background as well. Obviously, uh, you and I know each other. I had a short stint in the agriculture economics and economics department at Montana State University for, for not quite a full semester till I figured out that I did not want to be in economics and my brain hurt too much uh, from those basic freshman economics courses before I went to ag education. Uh, but, but let's talk about your background in agriculture and also in the economics world as well yeah so uh i actually when i first got out of of college you know i I studied economics um but actually decided i'd try to pursue my dreams in ranching (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i did and i was really lucky to get to do that for several years and ultimately made a decision um had an opportunity to do some some graduate work in economics and so i i um Took that opportunity, ended up teaching at Montana State for several years. Uh, had an opportunity to move down to Texas Tech and um, decided to go ahead and do that. Um, shortly after I got there, they um, 
made some decisions about kind of, I, I was going to actually help them work uh, to expand their energy economics uh, portfolio, but they decided not to do that. Um, I had another opportunity come across my plate, which was to go uh, to Washington, D.C. and work in the White House. And so I went and did that uh, 2017 and 18. I was at the Council of Economic Advisors uh, in the White House. Uh, and I had a portfolio that spanned a huge, wide uh, array of topics, but I had uh, energy, environment. I also had international trade, uh, which was pretty contentious at that time. You might remember that, yeah. that trade war got started. Um, and so I had a, a really interesting perspective on a, a wide variety of, of international economic issues. Um, and since... Uh, since I decided I didn't want to live in Washington, D.C. the rest of my life, I've kind of rotated back to a nice, quiet, uh, academic life again. So, so that's been been nice for me. Well, uh, aren't you glad you're not in Washington, D.C. here at the beginning of September? It's just it's it's like 70 degrees and no humidity, I believe, is what they say. Oh, there's a reason. <laughs> it, it, only inside. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason it, it is called a swamp, because it literally is located in a swamp. But, uh, uh, Dr. Fitzgerald, uh, again, as as we bring back this conversation to the economic situation when it comes to Russia's impact on, on global commodities, on, on energy as well, uh, I do want to jump into that, but I, I do not want to forget to give a, a shout-out to our sponsors of today's conversation, our friends Jared and Gordon Clark with Sylvius Insurance, RainINS.com. Uh, they just want to remind all producers out there about uh, the pasture, rangeland, and forage insurance options that are out there to help uh, offset uh, your risks on, on your on your forage land, on your pasture land, and the enrollment deadline for that is coming up on December 1st. Again, contact Jared and Gordon Clark today by visiting RainINS.com. Again, Jared and Gordon with Sylvius Insurance. So again, we need to just uh, get a, a shout out to our sponsors. But as we look at our situation, uh, just this week, uh, reports coming out of Russia that uh, President of Russia, Vladimir Putin, is threatening to abandon the grain deal that was established between Ukraine, Russia, and overseen by Turkey and the United Nations. And that was allowing grain exports from Ukraine to go through the war-torn areas to export their grains. Up to this point, the U.S. grain market was going bonkers. And since then, we have seen the markets level out and correct themselves. But uh, anything that has to deal with uh, a, a ceasefire or an agreement. These, these prices have just been going nuts. And as of this Wednesday afternoon, I'm looking at the Kansas City September wheat. Again, that's the front month contract. It's up 48 cents today at just under $9.30, Tim. And, and this is because we are seeing Vladimir Putin saying, I might end that, that agreement of, of grain exports. And we actually have seen more grain exports from Ukraine than we expected. But uh, this really isn't surprising in terms of the reaction from the global community. But what is your take on this as Vladimir Putin tries to strong arm the world's economy? So I think what we see right now is we see Vladimir Putin uh, trying to find some economic leverage because when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine in February, the West has responded by imposing a fairly comprehensive set of economic sanctions, that's putting a lot of pressure on the Russian economy 
and on Putin and his regime. Um, and so his remarks um, about curtailing wheat shipments actually are part of a, a broader response he gave in which he uh, made comments about natural gas and, and about oil and uh, about coal. Um, he's, he's trying to find a, a place in uh, his exports and in his economic outlook where he can exert some leverage to push back against these sanctions. Um, the problem that he has is he can't really afford to stop exporting everything because uh, it's a major source of revenue for the Russian economy. Um, and I think the way to interpret the remarks is that this is a sort of a test balloon to see how the markets react. Uh, now, from the, the market's point of view and from traders' point of view, they're going to go ahead and buy on the rumor and sell on the news. They don't dare risk being caught out uh, by Putin actually following through on this, and they want to try to lock in the lowest prices they can today. Uh, if all wheat and grain exports from the Black Sea were cut off, uh, you know, you're talking about something on the order of maybe 20% of global uh, wheat exports. Uh, and, and so it, the whole global marketplace will need to rebalance. The thing is, it's not clear that this will be the, the avenue that is most attractive to Putin. He's been toying with the valves on natural gas to Northern Europe uh, here in the last week as well. And I think he's, he's really just kind of experimenting to see where he can develop the greatest amount of leverage. When we come back, we'll talk about Putin's moves on energy right after this. Jared and Gordon Clark with Silvius Insurance are trusted by ranchers like Turk Stovall when it comes to pasture range and forage insurance. I really feel like we're dealing with really informed people and we're really working with really state-of-the-art type of software. What worked in the past in over many years of historical data for our region, what works best for us for where we actually live. And we're data focused and it really seems to be a really great fit for us. Contact Jared or Gordon Clark for your PRF or LRP policies by visiting rainins.com. Now, also on that energy front, we, we've seen fertilizer prices just skyrocket over the past year. And uh, last month, we saw every week those prices did come down, uh, still very high compared to, to, to the five and 10 year averages. But last week, we saw Russia cut off indefinitely an already reduced flow of natural gas uh, along the Nord Stream pipeline to Europe. What can we expect now that we're seeing, well, really, we're seeing Russia lose lose their war in Ukraine. Many thought this war would be over or that a peace treaty would be signed, but the Ukraine people have been very resilient, and that obviously is not going well in the Kremlin and behind the Kremlin's closed doors. But as we look at this energy crisis as well that this that Putin has created, what could we look at fertilizer prices possibly in the next six months to a year if the, if this does in fact continue? Yeah, you're going to see a really tight global natural gas market. Uh, natural gas, the key feedstock uh, for fertilizer around the world. Now, um, I'm not in the business necessarily of making making concrete predictions, but if if you had uh, friends or relatives in Europe. Um, really nice Christmas gift this year could be a sweater because I think they're looking down the barrel of a long, cold, dark winter. 
uh, and I think Putin realizes that he has some leverage uh, with respect to those countries, particularly Germany, uh, but also uh, UK, uh, other members of the European Union, uh, and he's he's going to try to use that geopolitical leverage uh, that he has. How that play? I mean, so that's a, a broader market than just fertilizer. I think it spills over into the, the fertilizer market and expect fertilizer to remain uh, expensive. Obviously, fertilizer then spills into ag markets because it, it's, it affects yields and then the availability uh, of, of crop in going into that next crop year. And speaking of the, the next crop year, uh, it, it's pretty dry uh, all over the West and in, in key winter wheat producing states. And I know we're starting to see that uh, winter wheat crop getting scratched into the ground here in Montana. About 4 or 5% of the crop has been put in. I know down south that's been a, a key issue just trying to get that crop planted. But if producers can get a crop in the ground and it's resilient, we could see these prices continue to remain elevated. But we have to consider those input costs as well. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's uh, it's a complicated decision about what to plant and when to plant it. And you're exactly right. I mean, the first thing to talk about is, is moisture. Then prices, uh, there's no point in, in putting the inputs into the ground if it's not going to be able to grow. Uh, you know, in Montana, you've got a, a lot of uh, fallow rotation on, on winter wheat, right? And so even if prices are really attractive, you may not be able to bring every acre in uh, over the over that coming crop year. But uh, you know, you have a choice of, of what you want to plant, and uh, would you rather wait and see how things look in the spring and try to put a spring crop in, in those acres, uh, or is there an alternative crop that you you think might be better fitting in your rotation? You know. And, Montana, you've seen a, a big shift here in the last decade or so where uh, more pulse crops, lentils, uh, stuff like that does, does nice things for soil health. Soil health is a uh, key consideration for any farmer. So it's not just price uh, or just moisture. It's a, it's a multi-faceted decision that people have to make. All of that said, hey, I'm an economist, and if wheat's at uh, 10 bucks instead of 8 bucks, it's going to be a little nudge to try to get you to to go put a little bit uh, more winter wheat or somebody's going to make a decision to, to plant a few more acres of winter wheat than we otherwise now, it's going to be an interesting time for producers trying to plant crops and, and, and producers as we wrap up harvest for, for those uh, uh, producers that maybe haven't contracted their grain or they're holding on to it. It's going to be an interesting time over the next few months. I, I know you got another appointment to make, uh, Dr. Fitzgerald, but anything else that you would just like to share uh, from your perspective as an economist looking at the United States and U.S. agriculture as we wrap up 2022, look at that geopolitical crisis in the Black Sea region, and, and just anything you'd like to tell our farmer, rancher, listeners, and viewers out there today? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think one of the markets that I do uh, spend a lot of time trying to understand are the energy markets. And I've, every farmer knows, uh, you know, the price of diesel fuel is um, is a big input cost, and it's a lot higher than it was. Uh, I think that the outlook right now, even as we've seen a little bit of a, a break on the crude oil prices here recently, uh, I think there's some other 
sort of balance supply factors, uh, refineries, trade flows that are going to continue to keep uh, diesel prices elevated. You were talking just a minute ago about high fertilizer prices. I would love to be the guy who could tell tell producers, yeah, well, you know, diesel prices are going to come down. I just don't see that coming. I think what we're going to see is a, a continued high price uh, fuel environment. Um, and certainly the geopolitical risk uh, is is making that situation all the more volatile. Yeah. Oh, why am I muted? Oh, I'm turned down all the way. That's why. <laughs> well, just when producers think they can get a break, something on the global scale always decides to throw a kink into things. But again, uh, Dr. Tim Fitzgerald, uh, the professor of business economics with Texas Tech. Uh, any last comments before I let you get back to your busy day here uh, at the beginning of September? No, hey, it's, it's great to be with you. It's a lot of fun. Well, again, thank you so much to Dr. Fitzgerald for joining us here today again with Texas Tech in their economics department. We'll continue to cover this, a lot of factors that are impacting producers. It's not just these local issues and national issues that impact our profitability and our success in the countryside. It's key international issues that impact our family farms and ranches, and that's why it is so important that we continue to talk about these issues here on the Lancast Ag Podcast and on the Western Ag Network. Tim, thank you for joining us. No, hey, it's, it's great to be with you. It's a lot of fun. All right, friends, that will do it for today's Agriculture Conversation. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Lanecast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lanecast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Lanecast.